0: agents to buy, sell, or rent in Tasmania. Search Harrison agents today. Breakfast with Tim Payne and Brent Costello. Good morning. Good
1: morning. Welcome to our second episode of Sen Tassie Summer Breakfast. My name is Brent Costello. It's a joy to be here today because I look down the screen and I see a man that left for Adelaide about a month ago with a lot of fanfare. Most of it his own. And when I look at the BBL table as I wake up this morning, it has his strikers in stone cold last on the ladder. One win from six games. Their latest loss of 42-run hiding against the Scorchers in Perth overnight. Timmy boy, nice to see you, my friend.
2: Morning, Brent. Morning, Hammer. A little bit tired, a little bit flat, uh, a little bit emotional. But uh, here we are and we will crack on. Cheers. Good morning to you all. <laughs>
1: Well, you are in Western Australia. Hello, Hammer, to you as well. I, I just wanted to go with the big Tim Payne intro, but you are a very important piece of this puzzle as well. You, what is it? We're recording this morning. At-
2: we shouldn't be clasping, Brent, in people's misfortune. We should be supporting each other here on this show as a, as a group. No, I um, love you to
1: you know that. We've uh, <laughs> been a missed opportunity not to go hard at you off the top, and um, we'll dissect because it a little bit.
2: Because you know, of January twenty nine, I'll be coming back straight at you. And <laughs> when I you get mean? you on the basketball court, I will literally be coming straight at you.
1: Hey, Mish, did he not talk a big game before he left? This man—that's that's all. If, if you hadn't gone off with with you know like quite as a mouse, I wouldn't have worried about giving you a big. How would you expect
2: then? me to say, Brent? We're going to come last. <laughs> True. And. It's a funny game, T20, and there's still a few games left. So let's just wait and see where we end up.
1: Absolutely. Hey, what, we're coming too this week,
2: we're batting all right, and we must be good to watch because it's just fours and sixes for 40 overs. So it must be entertaining for the fans. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, well, we might come back to the, the strikers because let's be brutally honest, nobody gives yeah. us stuff about it on Tassie Radio except us taking the PI double five out of you. Um, let's talk about the Hurricanes because they're not going a lot better than the Strikers at the moment. They had a good win a couple of nights ago, but probably a little underwhelming as to where we thought they would be. How have you assessed it from the other side of the country, Tim?
2: Um, yeah, as we speak about all the time, I think they've still got one of the best lists. Um, haven't played their best cricket. I thought their last win was really good. Ben McDermott coming back in um looks like it's really strengthened up that middle order um sam haynes unfortunately looks like the one this year who's been blessed with the hurricanes curse um chris jordan's been really good um anderson we haven't seen a lot of yet but we haven't had to either um mac wright i think has probably been um you know he's come into the team and uh, he's been amazing in in tassie grade cricket and second lemon cricket for a number of years and hasn't got a a really good run at um, either first-class cricket or Big Bash. So it's been awesome to see him do really well from a personal point of view. Um, And, yeah, and I think their big guns are still, you know, they're thereabouts. I think if Wadey gets going, we saw at Blunston against the Renegades, they're going to be really hard to beat. Um, Their attack looks looks good. Riley's fit. Nathan Ellis is bowling well. Um, So, yeah, I I think if they can string a couple of wins together, uh, they're still going to be... Know very, very hard to beat. And if they do make it into the four, I'm not sure there'll be too many teams wanting to play them.
1: No, good call. I like your point on Mac Wright. He's been good in this comp in the past and just hasn't had the opportunity there, has he? But he's really grabbed it with both hands, which has been absolutely outstanding, as you say.
2: And I think he's, he's actually improved as well. Like he, he, the last few times he's had a go, he, he's not the player that he is now in terms of skill. Like I think he's added some some power to his game. He's added um, Some skill to a game, he looks freer in the mind. And when you're playing T20 cricket, that's that's really important. Um, yeah, he just looks like he is a much improved player from the last time he played Big Bash cricket. Um, and that's that's a really great sign for the Hurricanes. He's still, you know, he's been around in Tassie for a while, but he's still really young. Um, and I think he's only going to get better. So it's been, as I said, it's been really pleasing to see him do really well and take his opportunity. And then I think Ben McDermott coming back into the team, batting at four, and, and playing as well as he did, I think there'll be some other, some other teams sort of looking over their shoulder at the moment.
1: You mentioned Sam Hayne. What would be going through his head at the moment? Obviously, he hasn't got the start he'd like. Yeah. Still plenty yeah. of time to turn it around, as we said. But what what is it? like? What is it about coming to the Hurricanes?
2: It's a hard place to bat, 4-5, where he's been batting. Uh, That's true typically. though he's used yeah, to it. To, it's, yeah, exactly. But you can go out and you can fail in those spots because most of the time you've got to go out straight away and get on with it. You hit a couple up in the air and you're out. And, and that can happen. So I mean he's an experienced player. He would have been through ups and downs like this before. Uh he'll know also in a tournament, like we've already seen Ben McDermott got hit in the head of training. Uh Matthew Wade's got a bad back. He's been sort of in and out with that. So he, he may get an opportunity. Uh all he's got to do is be ready um, and make sure when he when and if he does get his chance, he's really clear in how he wants to play, and he goes out and executes. And if he does that, then he, he again he adds depth to um, the Hurricanes batting lineup. He'll cause some headaches for their selection if he does come in and score runs, but that's exactly what you want. You want to be leaving good players out of your team, and that's a good sign for the Hurricanes that he's not in the eleven at the moment.
1: Reporting this on a Thursday morning, so a big game against the Renegades in Melbourne tonight. Anything you want to add about the Hurricanes, Hammy? You're very quiet there this morning.
0: The one I'd like to mention is Chowdhury as well. He's been a great find, and I agree with a lot of people on Twitter who are frustrated that he isn't batting higher up the order, but I think just uh, following on for your praise of Matt Wright, I guess what I've been really impressed with is not only has he made some sort of score in all the games he's played, but he's shown he's got different gears. It was on full display against the Renegades where he played that supporting role to... Matty Wade, and then when they took the power surge, it felt like in no time he had a half century himself. And even against the Stars, he was really aggressive from the start while with the fund, he was kind of more that support man for uh, Caleb Jewell and then Ben McDermott when he came in. So I think he's just complemented that top order, middle order really well and the fact that he's shown he can be a chameleon and adapt to different situations. And as Tim said, if Sam Hain can find some form, it will be really good... Headache for the Hurricanes to have. I'd still like to see, hopefully, our guy, Mitchie Owen, get another chance because I thought he was great against the Scorchers and whether he comes in for Corey Anderson at some stage. So, certainly not. Uh, (laughs) 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 But uh, look, I, I think certainly not going as well as they'd like to, but there's enough there where. Potentially they could make a run, I guess the headache for them is it's now a four team finals, not five team. And I think pretty clearly you've got the two best teams in the Scorchers and Heat, and then everybody else is playing for third and fourth, at least in
2: terms of the final standings at the moment. Yeah. I so, think that, that's the point though, Hammer, because you don't you don't want to be playing your best cricket right now. You want to be playing your best cricket next week and on all they need to do or all we need to do here at strikers is qualify. And if we could win four in a row, or the Hurricanes pinch three of the next four, they'll finish fourth or third, and you go into the finals with some some momentum. And as we know, every team in this competition is really really good on their day, or they've got players at least that can take the game away. It's a bit like Australia in the World Cup; they they time their run to be playing their best cricket at the end. So I wouldn't be too worried if I'm a Hurricanes fan at the moment because I think they're sitting up all right. The competition's really tight, and you you two every team is two wins away from being right on the edge of that four. So um, Interesting, though. I like the Mitch Allen comment. Get him in there.
1: Well, he did nothing wrong, did he, in the game he played over in Perth? No. That was uh, It was great. But
2: so, I, I'm interested with his um, Chowdhury. Who, who's he bat ahead of? Uh, you want I, him up? I'd
0: probably say ahead of Corey Anderson at the moment. And to be fair, as he said, he hasn't really had a chance to show much. His first three innings that came after a top order collapse, and it's a tough... <laughs> place the bat then but also at the same time the reason why you bring in international players is because you want them to step up when the game gets tough I, I think the thing for me is at least on exposed for and I think Chowdhury's been the better bowler and better batter now obviously I'm not underestimating what it means to move up the order but I, I think it could even be situational depending on the game where you know if you have a few batters go early, do you move him up the order so you don't expose Tim David too early? Because you really want Tim David kind of, with the back half of the innings to work, not expose him too high at the top of the order. So And if nothing else, uh, it seems like a way sometimes that the only two times he's gotten to batter against the Scorchers and Stars, where there was a bit of a collapse where he looked really positive and you almost wondered in hindsight, what if he had gotten in a bit early and didn't have to be at least against the Stars, he had to be really aggressive from the first time he got out there where maybe if he had a bit more time, he could have conferred a half century. So certainly don't want to expose him too much with the risk that he uh, you know, faces some of the harder balls. But at the same time, the two innings he's had, he's, uh can't really complain too much. He's just looked really positive and aggressive as well. Yeah,
2: no, I agree. You can't. You can't. That there to fine line because Tim David the same, isn't it? Like, you want him facing balls, but you don't want him out there too early where they're going to bowl completely differently. You know, towards the end of the innings, they're taking pace off, they're bowling Yorkers. The ball's normally full through the middle, they're going to be banging it up through here. I'm not sure that suits his game. But what I found really interesting with him, maybe one of you guys can ask him when you interview him why does he go out and field with no hat on and have his sonnies on the back of his head? <laughs> Even Good in a night question.
1: Good question. I have to find
2: out.
1: a lot of takeaways there from me. That was great analysis from Hammer. There might be an assistant coaching role going at the strikers. I'll tell you what him. Hammer
2: would be great at. <laughs> it suits him down to the ground. He is like the um, the performance analysis. He would give yes. you every number of stat. Yes. I might well, is- another. I might get exactly. him another job.
1: Or he's, honing one, he's honing his craft on the basketball coverage on SEN doing the stats. So uh, we do that. He's come along in leaps and bounds, a great man. What what games have we been covering on that? The jack jumpers, mate. The jack oh. jumpers. Yeah, sorry. You know the other funny thing <laughs> was hammer, hammer didn't say a word, then we and he said a lot of words, but he was the one that also said we have to get this done in 40 minutes because he's only one who paid the five dollars to extend the meeting so we're on a time limit here. Um, Tim we'll just just quickly touch on the strikers yep. are you enjoying yourself? Uh, results aside, I'm, are you enjoying yourself?
2: I'm absolutely loving it, it's been so good it's been a um, great experience to get, be in a different organisation work with different people um, a new group of players that I literally didn't really know any of them except for Darcy um, yeah I've really enjoyed it obviously the results haven't gone our way Um And such a funny game, t Twenty cricket. Like we looked through, even last night when a couple of us walking home, like we we were in a position we should have been four and zero. We should have won every one of those first four games, and then you are in a different um, different position. Last night we're obviously wiped off the park by a guy who had seriously one of the great greatest innings I've ever seen, particularly live. It was as clean a ball striking as I've ever seen from Laurie Evans last night. Like, yeah, it was was extraordinary, and you know it just shows how far the game has moved, particularly for batting. Like he is literally hitting balls 360 degrees. He's hitting us back over the keeper's head. He's launching us back over the bowler's head. He's reverse lapping us the other side. And you can see what that does to a bowler at the top of his mark. When you, you, you've only got five out and you know he can lap you back over your head, it just scrambles guys a little bit. And, um, and under pressure, it's it's extremely hard then to... Um, to bowl a ball because you're not bowling anything with real confidence, knowing that he can hit you anywhere on the ground and most of the time out of the ground. So it was as hard as it was to watch, it was amazing to watch.
1: We're going to keep pushing along here. Let's go to the test. Uh, Davey Warner, since we last spoke, has uh, obviously run out for his last test match up there in Sydney and retiring from ODI cricket as well. Was that a surprise hmm. to you? That- he was uh, coming away from that format as well?
2: Uh, probably a little bit, I must admit. I don't know about you, Hamish, but obviously the test stuff we knew was coming to an end. I thought he's one-day cricket. I think it's a good call, though, in the end because he was playing such good one-day cricket, and we touched on this with with Stuart Broad. I think it's great when players retire with you as a fan wanting more and, and seeing him at the top of his game, and there's no doubt he was during the World Cup. Um, I've said it before. He goes down as our greatest ever white ball batter, uh, and he's in the top echelon of, of Australian cricketers of all time and that's not said lightly and that's an amazing feat given sort of where Davey, um has come from so I think he he will be and his family be really proud of what he's been able to achieve and um, for me it was certainly a pleasure to be able to to share the field with him he was as fierce as a competitor as I've, I've ever played with and um, you know I really enjoyed my time playing with him and um, yeah, look forward to watching him playing some T Twenty cricket all around the world. I don't think he's going to be short of a dollar or offers, Brent. That's for sure with <laughs> the the next few years coming up. So it's going to be exciting to watch him play around the world and um, and continue to score a lot of runs. I'm sure.
1: Unbeaten on six as we go into day two. Uh, we're recording this before play, so we hope to see him go on and get a a big ton. Now I know you want to save some time for Sydney Hobart at the end of the show. You want to deep dive into that. So we'll get to yeah. the Jack Jumpers this again, no,
2: Brent. My, my favorite cricket ground at the moment. How good was the SCG pitch again yesterday?
1: Mm-hmm. A bit going on, <laughs> wasn't there?
2: Really? Oh my God. Goodness What's me.
1: going on? I played
2: a T20 no game there.
1: Very... Hey? No rain, which I was excited about.
2: Oh, it'll come. Don't worry about that. <laughs> it definitely will come. Definitely Next few But the wicket looked, it just looked terrible again. I don't know what's going on yeah. there. I don't know. We're I mean, bowling balls on day one of a test match. And it was rolling.
1: Yep. Even after your harsh criticism, they still haven't worked it out.
2: Yeah, this I, I must admit, I walked in there for the. um I sort of forgot about that, and I walked in there for <laughs> the Strikers game in round two of the BBL, and I was like, "Oh shit, what's happening? Sunny's on here." <laughs> but even that wicket, even that wicket wasn't very good. Yeah. In the Big Bash, it hasn't been great, and again, last yesterday, I was just. Can't believe that for day one of the test match in Australia the ball is rolling along the ground and I actually think the Pakistanis are right in the game if it continues to play like that. Imagine trying to bat in the fourth innings, which the Aussies are going to have to. It's going to be it's going to be really difficult. So they're going to have to bat really well today and get it get a lead of some sort. But I thought Pakistanis they fought really hard after um Patty Cummins again put on a, a masterclass.
1: Jack Jumpers you've been Oh, I want. To, I'm going to save my Jack Jumpers Christmas jersey story for when we go back on air because that was an absolute cluster from you. Um, but what have you been? You been keeping an eye on the, the
2: team from afar, Tim? I haven't, Brent. To be honest, I have been. I'm just. Here we go. I'm, not, I'm not going to lie to you, mate. I am tired. This is hard. What do you know? Yesterday, for the first hard time, work. mate. For the first time yesterday, and it's been killing me for about a week. But I was like. If, Player, if a, a staff member can't go and see the physio, It's like an unwritten rule. So I went down to the ground. We didn't start yesterday until like six forty-five or whatever. I went down to the ground at like two thirty, and because it was that, so I didn't want to sort of say anything. So I just I got in the real cold ice bath, and I thought I'll, I'll get in and ice my shoulder. Well, when you get in and you get in, because you have to get in up to here to get your shoulder, well, I couldn't breathe. I was getting in for like 30 seconds and then it would feel good when I was in there, but I couldn't breathe. It was just too cold, so I could get out. And then anyway, the physio came down early, so I've got a bit of work in. But mate, I'm not joking. It feels like my arm is going to fall off.
1: Well, our man Scotty Roth would be very flat to hear that you're complaining about being in a privileged position as an assistant I'm coach. I'm not complaining.
2: I'm just telling you that it's sore. I, I sold you through. As you'd expect.
1: Of course. Of course. Um. Yeah, Jackie's a bit of a tough stretch at the moment. We're not playing as well as we would like, that's We've for got sure. Let's
2: expert here. Let him go. What, what's happened to
0: we uh, Well, I think the biggest concern, uh, Brennan and I were talking before the show, but they've lost three games in a right home where you routinely hear people around the league talk about how My State Bank Arena is the hardest place to play at in the league. Even A may well make. Comment of the fact that the Jackies got off to a hot start and he said that's probably the worst position you can be in the league, a hot start at my State Bank Arena with that crowd. But to the Breakers' credit, they ended up railing them, winning the game. Uh, Probably the thing that stands out the most at the moment is the form of Jordan Crawford and uh, Milton Doyle. And I want to put the caveat there that obviously they've been really impressive for most of the season and we understand with Milton Doyle the – what he had to go through personally, losing his father to cancer and having to fly over to the US to be at the funeral. And I imagine it can't be easy Then having to return back halfway around the world. But just looking at Jordan Crawford's game on the weekend, uh, he was scoreless for the first three quarters. He shot two of 13 from the field, or four from three, and he had four turnovers. Now, we know what he's like at his best, but that really stunned, especially when you saw... What the Breakers did with uh, Lamb and Parker Jackson Cartwright, right there, two imports, really won them the game. They're still positives, though. I thought that was easily Marcus Lee's best game as a jack jump. He had a really impressive double-double with no Will Magne there. Career high from Sean McDonald, who was just a flamethrower from the three-point line. But I guess the disappointment there is he had two great performances from players who, you know, aren't always featured, that if they just had one good performance from Doyle or Crawford or even an average performance probably get over the line. But it's tough for them now because they used to be kind of, at times it looked like it was United and the Jack Jumpers in second, while now really after United you've got this class of teams all competing for the top six. So i still reckon they should be all good to make the finals, but now it's that question of whether they can still get that top two spot, which means they avoid the playing, which can be really dangerous because all it can take is losing a couple games and your season's done.
2: Where's yeah. um Will at?
1: He'll be back this week. Oh, he was well, close last week. I spoke to him before the game and he said he had a really good workout before the game and he was a game-time decision, but I just took the, the cautious approach. So he'll be back, you would think, on Saturday against Cairns here at home. Um, the thing I've noticed too, boys, is in the past, these close games that we've been involved with this year, they're the ones we've gone on to win. This year, we're not going on to win whatever reason. And walking, as Scott said in the, in the postgame presser, walking a team to the foul line 34 times is not ideal. And there's a recipe for disaster. I love this quote too. We're digging ourselves a hole that we might not ever get out of, to be quite honest with you. We could flip this around if we have enough grit and toughness to do it, or we could slip into the abyss at the rate we're going. So it really is the crunch point of the season for them. And then Cairns is going to be tricky Saturday night. There's no doubt about that. Trey Armstrong comes oh, – sorry, Taryn Armstrong comes home for the first time as well in front of a home crowd, and they're a very, very good team, the type Pants.
2: Yeah. Can you – was it last week – Slightly different topic, but well done to Tassie sports fans, I thought, last week, because I saw there was nearly 10,000 at the BBL. At the same time, there was 4,500 at my state. I mean, we don't want to clash, but they're pretty good crowds for both. I would imagine both organisations would have been wrapped with that.
1: I would have thought so, yeah, because I know the Hurricanes are putting all their efforts into that December 23 game uh, to get a big crowd there, but... That might have surprised them even to get that many there the other night, which was which was good to see. Good time solo, four o'clock too, for families, isn't it? As opposed to a, a later game. Um anything else, boys, that you want to talk about? Sydney unpack the Sydney Hobart for us, Tim.
2: That's I'd no, again, I think Hamish, from what I can see, is our yachting expert. Or actually, I tell you who's becoming a yachting expert, or certainly thinks he is, and that's James Faulkner. We should have got him on to talk oh, about I saw Sydney. He was out on the time. water. He was on the <laughs> harbour in Sydney for the start. Yeah, so we should have got him on. That's a, an oversight from me. He could have given us a real wrap of um, the conditions and and how it was on the on the way down the coast. But uh, unfortunately, I I forgot to get him on. It was a, a magnificent
1: finish, though. I don't know if you saw it, boys, but goodness. I speed, saw it
2: through social media.
1: It. Yeah, I've covered it uh, for a decade or more, and uh, that's the most unbelievable finish I've ever seen. That was yeah. just crazy. How close you can be up to 628 nautical miles to be that close when you get to the River Derwent. Amazing. Yeah.
2: And were you on your own boat out there filming that, or
1: I wasn't? I'm on holidays, Tim. I didn't do it this year. So, oh. um, yes.
2: When you say it's the closest you've ever seen on the TV after the fact, or you're watching it live. I was
1: watching it live. Absolutely. I have a genuine interest in the city, Harbour. I, I love it, but yeah. um, I do like
2: well, holidays, I like to get, I can sit down at a possum bay and they just come past and it is, it's a great experience, but to see them that close together after you say the distance and, Yep. And how much? I've mean, I no idea about yachting, but I can imagine the work and the effort and the, the the elements and danger and weather to be that close after that far is is extraordinary, really. Yep. What do you think about
0: that? that? We haven't talked about that. We need to discuss on your run sheet. Uh, I guess one I was interested to mention, and obviously still a long way from the NBL off season, but NBL media started to look at the players who are out of contract for each team. And they brought up a really interesting debate about what happens with Will Magne because he, of course, after the initial season with the Jackies, he signed a two-year contract. And it's a really interesting discussion because at his best, Will Magnay's you no know, uh, one of the best local bigs in the competition. Some people think he can even push for spotting the Boomers. But that recent injury, even though it isn't as serious as people feared when we first saw it, it as a reminder that there's a Emma, stop a trying to create a line no he's well
2: let
0: him go well what I'm saying is he's on marquee money at the moment on this form that we've seen at the moment would you just automatically pay him the same amount even with the risk that he could be yes. yep
1: without a doubt because you, you've seen yourself live just how important and how good a player he is. And he's worth every cent, in my opinion. And if we've backed him in this long to get him right, why we give someone else the fortune of picking him up and getting the benefit of it?
2: Well, it comes with risk, doesn't it? Both so ways. It comes with risk both ways, doesn't it? Someone picks him up and he's fit. A great pickup. You keep him and he's not on the park.
1: No, I, I think it'd be too big a risk to get rid of him for sure. He, he's, and I, I think he loves it here. I, I know he appreciates everything the club's done for him as far as backing him in these last couple of seasons when he's been on the sidelines. So I imagine he wants to stay and I'd be stunned if they didn't keep him. But I don't know. I'm not in the four walls, am I? So who knows? So you're back here next Thursday night. Do you expect to be booed as you roll into
2: uh, Look, mate, I don't know if you've watched much of the coverage, Brent, but you won't be seeing me. So um, yeah, I, haven't, I haven't noticed you too much
1: on the TV. I was going to mention last
0: night, obviously, there was Jason Gillespie. He got a lot of feature. They mentioned <laughs> back that the great Carl Hooper was there, Ryan Harris, of course, not only with the Strikers, but SA Cricket, but no mention of a former Australian Test captain, part of the Strikers' brain trust. So. He, oh no! He made himself just going to the background. I I do keep an eye out for him. He like it's weird with the strikers; they always go out in the middle for innings break and stuff. But he's always in the background. I think he's he might need to get the blonde tips again just to make himself noticeable because we know he does. You aren't a background man, Tim. You need a bit of me, me, me time.
2: Yes, I am. I'm a background man. Now, nothing nothing seems more than than. Coaches in the media all the time. It's, it's about the players. So I'll just, i just sit in the background and do my work and worry about that. I don't need any TV time. You certainly won't be seeing me, Brent. I'll be hiding away somewhere at Blunston. Um, I might give you guys an interview if you want one, but no, that'll thanks. be All
1: okay. right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. Well, I think that's a wrap. Are we going to try one more time before we go back on the 29th? We probably should.
2: Yep. Why not? That's
1: quite been the weekly thing that you pitched him. Given you're the hardest man in Australia to pin down. Great. You know, we're getting Second one. It you will still take a it.
2: Great book on your bookshelf before we start next one. I'm going to ask you a few questions. Oh,
1: anyway, I particularly like the bit that was written in crayon. That was
2: good. Mm-hmm.
1: Easy to read. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've actually, a I've, got I've got it. A one. You. you might see it's or oh, not that one. Jackie Rewell. Oh, there it is. Signed no, copy. Signed.
2: Did you get a two Brent?
1: No, I I believe it was purchased from uh, Dimmicks and it was pre-signed from his appearance there. So looking forward to reading that soon.
2: See so your uh, Chris Judd one there. I, I met Chris yeah. Judd last week.
1: Let's see what Juddy wrote, actually, because he, he would have been heartfelt. I did host a function with the great man. Uh, yep, yeah. yeah, there we go. Two Brent. All the best.
2: Chris Judd. Good one good one. Well, he, he came to strikers training in Adelaide, uh, Did he? sorry, in Melbourne last week with his son oh, Oscar, what? I think, who plays in the big under 15s. Oh, so really? Reports, yeah. So he came along and yeah, oh, she's guy. lucky I wasn't there. May a few <laughs> of our supporters, we thought they were going to be out of the team with a, with a heart attack <laughs> themselves. But we got them up the next day, they recovered. <laughs>
1: When's your next game then? What do you got coming up? Uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow, back to Adelaide.
2: So I'm about to hop on a plane and then, yeah, then play Perth tomorrow again.
1: Well, less than a minute That's to go nice. on this hammer. Hammer's not going to pay the extra for us, so we better wind it up. Nice to see. You. Happy New Year, lads! And we'll do it all again very, very soon.
2: In a week or ten.